0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian mma podcast I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 105, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC Fight Night card going down this Wednesday, July 15th, 2020, Headline by Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. This 11-fight card will take place from Fight Island, Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, and the first of the 11 fights will start at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and this fight card will air on ESPN, the TV channel, and ESPN+. Plus. This is the second of three UFC cards going down within one week, which means it's the second of three Martian MMA podcasts going down this week. The fights start in less than 24 hours, so I apologize for getting this one out late, but I assume most MMA podcasts are running this late schedule this week with how many fights we're getting, almost 40 fights within one week. So we're going to start things off in the Bantamweight division. We have Aaron Phillips taking on Jack Shore. The opening betting line for this one was Shore, the favorite at... Minus 400 to Phillips plus 330. Right now we are seeing Shore minus 700 to Phillips plus 500. So a lot of action came in on Jack Shore, even though he was already a minus 400 favorite. And I disagree with it. I think that where the line opened at is more accurate. I think I would even cap it maybe at minus 300 for Jack Shore. But where the line is sitting at now, I think there's clear value on aaron phillips and i think that he's worth a a small bet even though i think he probably gets taken down out grappled and loses this fight i think he's worth about a quarter of a unit maybe somewhere in between a quarter and a half a unit uh just on that plus 500 underdog because i think he makes the fight a lot closer than the odds indicate shore has struggled getting taken down himself he has struggled with southpaw boxing aaron phillips is a southpaw has some pretty nice boxing a nice straight left hand as well that i think can give shore a lot of problems And even if Shore hits takedowns, he's not like the most dominant grappler to the point where I think that he needs one takedown and that's a wrap. I think that Phillips has pretty decent defensive grappling of his own. And the only real problem I've seen from Phillips is that he goes for the same judo throw clinch takedown in every single fight. And it's kind of a high risk maneuver. And if he does that here, he probably ends up on bottom and gets his back taken. So I would advise him to avoid going for that same clinch takedown. So. I think there's a chance that Phillips maybe gets taken down and dominated on the mat and gets submitted really quickly, but I don't think that that's extremely likely, and I think that where the odds are at are definitely wide. So the pick for me is still going to be uh, sure by decision. I don't think he's going to get the submission. I think that Phillips is a good enough defensive grappler to last the full fifteen minutes, and I think that the striking exchanges are majorly won by Phillips in this fight. So I think that uh, it's going to be dog or pass for me. I'll be betting Phillips really small for maybe a quarter of a unit, but I'm I'm still going to pick Shore by decision as the official pick. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Liana Jojua taking on Diana Belbita. The opening betting line for this one was Belbita the minus 145 favor to Jojua plus 125. Right now we are seeing Belbita minus 185 to Jojua plus 160. And I think that this line is also wide. I think that belbita being the favorite is appropriate but i think that it's really wide and i would cap the odds closer to like 55 percent for belbita so there's clear value on jojo here but in my opinion this fight is just so low level that i i won't be betting it at all i really did not do much tape study for this um they only they both only have one fight in the ufc belbita was largely dominated by molly mccann although she didn't look awful in that fight and jojua looked awful by getting dominated by sarah Morass. but that was upper weight class she's moving back down to her natural weight class and uh flyweight here and i think this fight is much more competitive so there's no way you could be betting belbita as a favorite in, in my opinion in this one and i think that uh, jojua is the clear value side and i do not have a confident pick in this one i guess i'll go with jojua by decision just because uh, i think that she's the better side to bet on so i guess that's why i'm picking her as well but uh Full disclosure, did not do much tape for this fight. It's a really, really low level fight. And I, I wouldn't even advise uh, betting a small, even though I think she wins as the underdog. It's just too low level. Maybe we'll look to live bet this one or something like that. So the pick is going to be Jojua by decision, but it's a pass fight in terms of the money line. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Jared Gordon taking on Chris Fishgold. The opening betting line for this one was a pick at minus 110. Right now, we are seeing Gordon minus 140 two Fishgold plus 120. So more action coming in on Gordon. And I agree with the line movement here. I think the Gordon is the much more well-rounded fighter, has fought and beaten the better competition, has looked better in the UFC in my opinion as well. Fishgold has uh, actually looked a lot worse in the UFC than he did on Cage Warriors. It could be a difference in competition, but I think that overall Fishgold's physicality and just his skill is just not looking as good in the UFC. Gordon has uh, had his own struggles in the UFC as well. Suffered a few losses at lightweight recently. Um, he did get a nice decision victory over Dan Moret. And that's kind of why I'm, I'm picking Gordon in this one and confident he, here because he did defend some takedowns versus Moret. He hit his own takedowns. He showed that he's a very competent grappler. And I think the fish gold is kind of a round one finisher bust. I think that his cardio has looked really bad. His energy management has looked really bad. I mean, he almost uh, lost to David Tamer or Daniel Tamer. Excuse me, the worst brother of the Tamer brothers. Um, He was really struggling to keep Tamer down. He was losing position and Tamer is just a terrible grappler. So I know Fishgold's a black belt, but in my opinion, uh, he's not a, a really high level black belt at all. And I don't think you should take that too seriously because I think Gordon could be the better grappler despite Fishgold technically having a black belt. On the feet in this one I think Fishgold just mostly launches powerful punches with very little defense or setup while Gordon is actually a pretty effective striker and has the better boxing and I think that Gordon likely uh, avoids the early takedown and the early grappling rush from Fishgold takes Fishgold into those later rounds where he drowns him and probably gets a finish so the pick for me in this one is going to be like gordon round two round three finish maybe even a decision and uh, i'm not betting him as a favorite yet i think that he's a little too unreliable to be to be betting on as a favorite here um mostly because he's dropping back down to 145 he's showing a bit of a suspect chin he's been winning some fights before and he let the fights slip through his fingers so i don't think that gordon is the most reliable fighter to be betting as a favorite although i am picking him here i think he has a big cardio advantage a striking advantage and he has good enough defensive grappling to avoid the takedowns of Fishgold. so the pick for me is going to be gordon by either late finish or decision and at minus 140 there's still some value left on gordon the next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Medesas Bukaskas taking on Andreas Mishadis. This is definitely the hardest names to pronounce in a long time on the Martian MMA podcast. So I'm going to call them Book for Bukaskas and Mish for Mishadis. So the betting line for this one was Buk opening minus 265 to Mish plus 205. Right now we are seeing... Book 170 to Mish plus 150 so a lot more action coming in on the underdog Mish and especially in the past few days I think Mish was in the plus 200 range just a few days ago but the, a lot of bettors are coming in on Mishadis and I think it's the right side to be on in my opinion because this is uh, a pr- I wouldn't say a pretty low-level fight, a mid-level fight between U- two UFC debutantes. And right off the bat, Book has just a massive problem with stuffing takedowns. He gets taken down and spends a lot of time on his back in pretty much every single one of his fights that I watched. And he was able to get up off of his back and to outstrike his opponents and to knock them out in the later rounds. But... In my opinion, with how bad Book looked off of his back on tape so far, there's just no way you could be betting him as a favorite. And it's not even like Mish is the most reliable wrestler. He has hit takedowns, kept top positions, showed some guard passing, showed some submissions, some ground and pound. Definitely has a, a competent ground game. He's not the most reliable wrestler to the point where um throwing three or four units down on Mish because I think he's going to clearly outgrapple him. I think that the fight on the feet is actually very even. I think that uh Book has a pretty nice jab. But that's really all he does is just throw straight punches, move backwards, and Mish tends to just march forward and throw bombs, throw power punches. So I think Mish has the much better chance at outstriking Book early. He could just swarm him with punches and maybe get an early knockout. While Buk's best chance of winning the fight is likely withstanding the early storm from Mish, taking it into the later rounds, stuffing takedowns, and outstriking him in rounds 2 and 3. But... I don't think you can rely on Book at all as a favorite. He's just so unproven, has such bad takedown defense that there's no way I'll be betting him as a favorite. It's a clear dog or pass fight. And even if you want to get in on that late action on Mish at plus 150, even though the price is no, nowhere near as good as it was a few days ago, I still think there's some uh, some value left on that. And for me in this fight, I placed a half a unit on Mish at plus 190. Also placed three quarters of a unit on Mish no scorecards plus 179 on five dimes. One of my favorite prop bets and why I really recommend five dimes as a, as a sports book. The no scorecards bet is great in this fight. I think Mishadis is much more likely to hit a finish in this one. And if Buk wins the fight, it's likely by a round two, round three knockout or decision. So I think the most likely outcome is book round two round three knockout as much as i've been uh, talking about how bad book is and how much advantages mish could have in this fight i think i as terms of an official prediction goes i'll still pick uh, book round three tko but uh, i might even switch and make uh, mishadis my official prediction because i I think he has a lot of upside in this fight and i'll definitely be betting him as an underdog so official pick i'll go book round three tko The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Ricardo Hamos taking on Lerone Murphy. The opening betting line for this one was Hamos minus 140, Murphy plus 120. Right now we are seeing Hamos minus 160 to Murphy plus 140. So more action coming in on the favorite Hamos in this one and I disagree with the action. I think that I would be betting on Murphy instead of uh, Hamos as a favorite in this one. And I think I actually will end up with about one unit on Lerone Murphy at plus 140 because uh, I like him in this fight. I think that he has some advantages, most mostly being the striking over Hamos. One big concern about Hamos is that he's a natural 135er. He didn't move up to 145 for his last fight, but he did not fight a... a A legitimate UFC opponent. He fought uh, Garagori and got an easy takedown and uh, submission in that one. But Garagori showed little to no resistance in that fight and got easily submitted. So I don't think was proved that much in that fight. And I don't think that he will be able to easily out grapple Murphy at all. I mean Murphy did a pretty good job. Uh, stuff in the takedowns of Zubaria he did get taken down a lot by Zubaria he got put on his back for a few minutes of that fight but he did a really good job landing strikes off of his back making Zubaria work because Zubaria was really tired and totally gassed out in round three and Another thing Murphy is good at is if he's losing a round and he's getting out grappled, he gets out grappled for three or four minutes a round, he realizes he's down in that round and he will try to get up and throw big, powerful strikes to to win that round back. And he definitely did that, I think, in round one or maybe it was round two, I think yeah round two versus Zuberia uh round one was a clear Zuberia round but then the judges actually gave uh Murphy rounds two and three some of them it was a crazy draw scorecard so the scorecards were all over the place but uh, Murphy was taken down and out grappled for several minutes of that fight I want to say maybe seven minutes but still was able to get a draw on the judges scorecards just because he did so much damage when he was striking so I don't think that Hamos will have an easy time out grappling Murphy at all. And on the feet in this one, I actually give a slight advantage to Murphy. I think he's the, the faster, more powerful striker. I think that we're going to see the size difference between the two of them play out a little bit on the feet. I think Murphy has the more powerful strikes. So I like Leroy Murphy to not get taken down stay off his back and even if he does get taken down i think he'll get back up i think he'll land the more effective strikes of the round and i like him to uh, edge a close decision over Hamos in this one and i wouldn't go more than one or two units on murphy because as i just mentioned i think it will be a close decision so you can't go too crazy but i like murphy as an underdog in this one i think that maybe it's a 55 45 type of fight for Uh, But at these odds, I think the value is on Murphy. And I'm going to pick Murphy to win a decision. And we'll likely end up with one unit on Murphy as well. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have John Phillips taking on Kamzat Chimiev. The opening betting line for this one was Chimiev minus 245 to Phillips plus 175. Right now we are seeing Chimiev minus 360 to Phillips plus 300. So more action coming in on Chimiev. I agree with the action to an extent. I think he's the much better fighter, more well-rounded and has an extremely clear path to victory here by hitting takedowns and out grappling Phillips. Phillips has a pretty bad ground game has been taken down and submitted pretty quickly in the UFC before. He has two losses by a rear naked choke, one close decision over Marshman that he could have won but lost, and then one quick knockout over Amadoski that didn't uh, prove much. So f- with Phillips, you know what you're getting. He's just going to try to stand in the center and trade punches, pretty good chin, even has decent output if the fight goes into the later rounds, but... Chimiev is just going to look to take the fight to the floor. I think that he could even outstrike Phillips on the feet. He has, has actually shown some nice striking of himself. Got a really nice uppercut knockout not that long ago. But I don't think that he will want to fool around with Phillips on the feet. And I think he'll likely just hit early takedowns and likely dominate Phillips on the mat to get an early round one, round two submission. But in my opinion, I think that the the possibility of Chimiev just going out there, trading punches in the center, and trying to knock Phillips out is there. I mean, that's basically what Amadovsky did. People were analyzing that fight for days, thinking Amadovsky could implement this game plan, but then he went out there like an idiot, stood and banged in the center, and got knocked out by Phillips. So I think that po- really could happen here, and I think that Phillips' round one knockout at plus 1,400 props, if you have the option to bet that prop, I think that's a great prop, because if... Phillips win the fight. It's going to be by round 1 knockout. So, plus 1400 is great odds for that uh, that outcome. But in terms of an official pick goes, I'm going to go with Chimiev round 1 uh, could be TKO submission is much more likely, but if you're betting Chimiev, I would go with inside the distance instead of submission here because I think the knockout is possible too. So, the pick for me is going to be Chimiev by round 1 finish. In terms of the money line though, it's probably going to be dog or pass. I understand if you want to throw chimney even parlays or something like that, but I do think that the, where the line's at now is a bit steep. The next fight is the first fight on the main card we have in the welterweight division. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan taking on Mournir Lezez. The opening betting line for this one was Al-Hassan the minus 200 favorite to Lazez plus 170. Right now we are seeing Al-Hassan minus 330 to Lazez plus 270 so the more action is coming in on razak as a favorite in this one and i think i disagree with it i think that where the line set uh, initially where it opened at was the more accurate line of the two right now where it's at i think that lizez has a small amount of value on him I was mildly impressed with what I saw from Lazez, he's an orthodox striker, pretty de- decent athlete, seems to have some good striking skills but there's not that much tape of him. He only lost one time and there's no video of that loss so we haven't really struggled, seen him struggle or seen him face adversity. He's shown some aggressive striking in round one, he has shown some knockout power, he's also shown some uh, ability to get taken down. He really struggled with the takedowns of Van Dyke and eventually was able to start hitting his own takedowns and winning the striking in that fight. But he definitely got out grappled for a lot of that fight but was still able to win a decision. Now, Al-Hassan is another pretty one-dimensional fighter. He's an orthodox power puncher. He just likes to trade punches and get in wild brawling exchanges in round one most of the time. And that's where most of his wins have come. Actually, all of his wins. He's only been out of round one one time. And it was versus Omari Ahmedov a few years back. And I think his cardio looked pretty decent in those later rounds for a guy who usually relies on early finishes. But he really just struggled with the takedowns in the top game of Omari. And was uh, stuck on his back for a lot of those rounds and definitely lost that fight. But I think he had a decent showing in round three. I mean, he was still coming forward and giving Omari problems on the feet. So Al Hassan's cardio is not too much of a concern it's more like his takedown defense and just his overall composure uh, as the fight goes on. But I think the most likely outcome in this fight is uh, probably Razak Hassan getting a, a quick round one knockout. I think that they're probably likely to just trade in the center of the octagon. Uh, Lazez will give Al Hassan the fight he wants. And I mean, Lazez has a chance to, to knock him out. Maybe if they get in a crazy exchange, you never know who, who will come out on top. But uh, Razak is definitely pretty comfortable in those brawling exchanges and doesn't mind it at all. But if the fight goes out around one, look for it to get very interesting. I think the fight could be very even, maybe a 60 40 fight for Razak if it gets out around one. So I, I definitely think that where the line is at now, it's a clear dog or pass line. Maybe throw a half a unit on Lazez at plus two seventy and look to live bet him too as well. If Al Hassan expends a lot of energy in round one, doesn't get that finish. He did miss weight today as well, so there could be some trouble there. He's coming off of a long layoff, around two year layoff for Al Razak Al Hassan. So there's no way you could be betting him as this price. And in terms of a pure pick, I will go with Al Hassan to get the round one knockout, but it's stronger pass and look to live bet Lazez in this one. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division we have molly mccann taking on talia santos the opening betting line for this one was mccann minus 300 to santos plus 250. right now we are seeing mccann minus 150 to santos plus 130. So the early action in this fight came in on Santos. It was uh, a near pick'em for a, a long while. And then the past few days, a ton of action has come in on Molly McCann. I'm actually quite shocked at where the line has gone in the past few days. I mean, I'm looking at Sunday night. It was minus 110. Right now, it's minus 150. So... Maybe a lot of groups uh, of betters are moving in on McCann. Maybe there's some some inside information on McCann, but I think that's pretty wild that she went from a minus 110 pick'em to a minus 150 favorite in just a few days. So getting down to analyzing the matchup, I think that Santos is the more technical striker of the two, but I think that McCann could win the striking and close the gap on that technique by just being the more aggressive and higher volume striker McCann tends to just march forward and throw a lot of volume big power punches and it works a lot of the time because I don't think that Santos will have the footwork or the, the defensive striking to avoid a lot of McCann shots and Santos has also struggled with getting pushed against the cage she struggled with getting taken down specifically in the Barella fight most notably And I think that we could see McCann look to exploit a lot of that same grappling weakness that we saw. Push her against the cage, put her on the ground, keep her on her back. And I think McCann's grappling has been improving a lot lately. What I really like about McCann is her ability to hit takedowns at the end of close rounds. She did that uh, in the Lipski fight a few times and she did that in her most recent fight against Belbita. Round one was real close in, in the striking numbers, but she had a big takedown and landed some ground and pound to definitively win the round and McCann I think has sh- slowed down a little bit in round three before like the uh, Priscilla Cachoeira fight I think she lost round three of that fight and Santos actually looked good in round three versus Barella so that's a slight concern maybe McCann uh, wins the first two rounds of this fight but slows down in the third but I don't see Santos getting a 10-8 or a finish in round three so in terms of a pure pickos, I'm going to go with Molly McCann to win a 29-28 decision. I think that she has more ways to win the fight by hitting her own takedowns and being the more aggressive and higher volume striker on the feet. But McCann has also struggled with getting taken down and out grappled. It was by Jillian Robertson, who is one of the best female grapplers in the UFC. And I don't think that Santos is on that level, but she has shown ability to hit takedowns and just keep top position. So that's why I'm going to be saying that this fight is a dog or pass where these odds are at i think mccann being a slight favorite in this one is appropriate but where it's at now is getting a little ridiculous and i think there is some small value left on talia santos at plus 130 personally haven't better yet and i think that you shouldn't better yet i think you should still keep waiting to see if this mccann action keeps pouring in because i'm really surprised by this uh, mccann action these past few days so In terms of a pure pick, I'm going to go with McCann, 29-28 decision, but I think that the odds are wide enough at this point where McCann is not a good bet anymore. So, dogger pass in the betting window, but McCann decision is the pick. The next fight is in the featherweight division. We have Jimmy Rivera taking on Cody Stamen. The opening betting line for this one was Rivera, the minus 135 favorite to Stamen, plus 115. Right now, we are seeing Rivera, minus 140 to Stamen, plus 120. So the lions have not moved too much, but there is two-way action coming in this fight. A lot of people are betting both sides to this one. It was only announced a few weeks ago, but what a great fight put together on short notice. I think it really strengthened the overall uh, look of the card. I think the car would be pretty bleak without this fight, but I'm really looking forward to this one. Both of these guys are natural Bantamweights. They compete most of their career at Bantamweight. But Stamen moved up to 45 to fight Kelleher most recently. And it seems like Rivera is moving up because the fight's on short notice. But I think we have to give a slight advantage to Cody Stamen in this one. Because we've seen him during quarantine. We've seen him look good at the new weight class, 145. I thought he looked very improved in that fight versus uh, Brian Kelleher. His boxing, his output. And his cardio honestly looked pretty good in round three as well. I think Stamen did start to slow down in round three, but with how high his output was in that fight, it's not really too unexpected. And Stamen really didn't wrestle that much in that fight either, and that tends to gas him out. So that's probably why he didn't slow down as much as he usually does. Um, But if he wants to wrestle in this fight, he's going to have a hard time because Jimmy Rivera has the best takedown defense in UFC history, according to statistics, not in terms of pure skill, but he is very skilled at stuffing takedowns, has fought some good wrestlers, and Put off a lot of their takedowns. So I think that Stamen will have a very hard time taking Rivera down here, and it'll probably be a waste of energy uh, for Stamen to attempt takedowns because Rivera's takedown defense is so good. And even if he gets taken down, Stamen does not have reliable top position, is not the greatest uh, top heavy grappler. So I think Rivera will pop back up to his feet if he does get taken down. So I think the fight will be mostly contested on the feet, and I think you have to give an advantage to Jimmy Rivera there, mostly because he's simply the better boxer. He has has shown better technique in the boxing he's outstruck better strikers than Stamen statement has and I mean Rivera's last fight against Peter Jan it was technically a loss by decision but that fight was 15 minutes long and I think Rivera might have won about 12 minutes of that fight he won the first four minutes of rounds one and two before getting dropped by Jan at the end of those rounds and he won round three versus Jan so it was still a great performance despite him losing and getting dropped a few times I think Rivera looked sharp his his hands were better than ever and Rivera has struggled lately in his past few fights but if you look at the competition he's fought Marlon Marais, John Dodson, Aljamain Sterling, and Peter Jan those are four championship caliber fighters and I think that if Stamen was fighting that same level of competition he would probably be 0-4 maybe 1-3 and 3, similar to Rivera is so This is a really evenly matched fight. I think that with the improvements we've seen from Cody Stamen in his boxing lately, it will make this fight closer than it would have been a few years ago. I think Rivera is probably getting towards the end of his career, while Stamen is still steadily improving and probably hasn't even reached his prime yet. So I'm a little worried about Rivera possibly declining as a fighter. I'm worried about the short notice a little bit. Uh, Stamen has shown to be in good shape on short notice uh, in the Kelleher fight, while Rivera is a little more of a question mark. So in terms of a pure pick goes, I'm going to go with Jimmy Rivera to stuff shots, land the better punches, and to edge a close decision in this one. But it's gonna be a pass in terms of the money line because of the concerns I would have been mentioning and the slight advantages I give to Stamen in some aspects of the fight. So the pick for me is gonna be Rivera by decision, but it's gonna be a pass in the terms of the money line. I don't see much value on Stamen either. It could be a live bet situation on either side, but I would just say sit back and enjoy this one. It's probably the second high level second most high level fight on the card and it's going to be a great fight and the, the pick is going to be Rivera by decision once again so the next fight takes place in the flyweight division we have Tim Elliott taking on Ryan Benoit the opening betting line for this one was Elliott minus 190 to Benoit plus 165 right now we are seeing Elliott minus 130 to Benoit plus 110 so much more action coming in on Ryan Benoit and I totally agree with it I think that where that opening line was set was way wide. And I actually really like Ryan Benoit in this fight. And it's mostly because of how bad Elliott looked in his last fight. Elliott has been a notorious offensive grappler, has had good cardio, has had back and forth three-round grappling fights where he's shown good cardio up until the very last minute of the fight. But that was not the case in his last fight versus Brian or Brandon Royval. He was taking Royval down and outgrappling him in most of round one, but he looked sloppier than ever on the mat. He was using a ton of energy. He was getting takedowns, but ending up in some bad positions and really wasn't getting a ton of dominant top control time versus Royval. And Elliot never really does that, but I mean, he's always had kind of a crazy style of grappling, but I think he looked at more ineffective than ever in his last fight. And he was still taking Royval down and outgrappling him in round two, but his gas tank was fading hard. He went for one submission attempt. It, it failed. He pretty much gave up his back and tapped right away to an arm triangle choke without much resistance. So Elliot definitely gassed very badly in his last fight and underperformed really. He probably should have won that Royval fight and he definitely would have beat Royval a few years back in his career. But I think Elliot is definitely starting to decline right in front of our eyes now ryan benoit is also far from perfect as a fighter he's actually really struggled with his takedown defense throughout his ufc career has been taken down multiple times by multiple opponents and even his most recent fight against alatang haley he was taken down and spent some time on his back in that fight but he showed a lot of good things in that fight versus haley his striking looked improved he had good southpaw striking he was hurting uh, haley with some punches and body kicks and he did stuff a few takedowns uh, and he came on strong at the end of round three, but definitely still showed some of the same takedown defense problems and getting stuck on his back. So in round one of this fight, I think Elliot comes out looking for takedowns as usual, probably gets Bonoy down and probably wins round one. But with the way Elliot has been looking lately, he's not out grappling people by a wide margin. He's slowing down later in fights even in the Askar Askarov fight he was rocked really badly in round 1 of that fight his his boxing defense was non-existent in that one and he was just willingly eating punches to the face and he did make it to the decision he did not get knocked out so Elliott's chin is still there but he got rocked really bad by Askarov and his defense has been looking worse than ever so I think that Benoit has a great chance at landing a striking knockout over Elliot because Benoit striking has been looking better his power and technique looked very solid versus Haley and Elliot's striking defense and his chin has looked worse and worse in his past few fights so I think that Benoit or Benoit knockout in round two and round three is very live I definitely bet on those props already Round two round three knockout and I haven't bet Benoit money line yet because I think that it is likely that he gets taken down and loses round one here and I will be definitely looking to live bet Ryan Benoit after round one if we get plus money on Benoit uh, to 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 come back and win rounds two and three after losing round one i will scoop that up all day so uh, i think benoit has a successful drop back down to flyweight here i think he avoids the predictable uh, grappling storm from elliot he stands up from takedowns doesn't get submitted and is the fresher fighter in rounds two and three and outstrikes Tim Elliott to either get a knockout in round two or three or win a decision 29-28 so the pick is going to be Benoit in this one have not laid any Benoit money line action yet but if you do not have access to live bets or props I think the Benoit money line is the side to be on so the pick in this one is going to be Benoit by round three knockout. The next fight is the main event of the evening in the featherweight division. We have Calvin Cater taking on Dan Ige. The opening betting line for this one was Cater minus 230 to Ige plus 195. Right now we are seeing Cater minus 305 to Ige plus 275. So even more action came in on the favorite Calvin Cater in this one. And there must have been some early action on Ige in some books because... One of the sports books that I use, FanDuel Sportsbook, which is also affiliated with Betfair, had Calvin Cater at minus 138, minus 152. They had him at all these crazy prices that weren't available on any other sports book. So I was able to get in on Calvin Cater at minus 138 and minus 152, like I just mentioned. But those lines weren't really available at a lot of other sports books, so I don't feel like too comfortable gloating or bragging about me getting those lines. But In retrospect, it is a great line because where the implied probability has Cater at now is about 75%. Where I bet him at was about 57%. So I got 17 18% line value on Cater, which is great. So getting down to analyzing the fight, you have to assume that I, I favor Cater because I already bet him, and I do, and I think that. It's pretty clear that Calvin Cater is the better striker. I don't think that anybody would really dispute that. He has incredible boxing, has been incorporating some nice leg kicks into his game plan, and Only really struggles on the feet with getting leg kicked himself, but even in his past few fights, I think we've been seeing some slight improvements from Cater and he's starting to check the leg kicks. And Ige is a very well-rounded fighter. He's impressed me lately, got a lot of nice wins, but he's been outboxed by several opponents before. Julio Arce, Edson Barbosa in his last fight, and even Mursad Bektik in round two of their fight gave Ige a lot of problems in the boxing. Now, I really like Dan Ige, he's one of my favorite fighters, he's tough as nails, he has good cardio, he's very well-rounded, and he can make this fight close by being just such a great athlete who's durable, with great cardio, he can uh, leg kick cater, maybe march forward and try to land his own punches look to mix in takedowns and clinch and Ige does have the well-rounded game to possibly beat Cater here but in my opinion he needs a ton a ton of things to go right for him and I just don't think the Cater will give him that much uh, wiggle room to win this fight now I think that with a very specific game plan of, of leg kicks and takedowns ige could win but i just do not think that ige has much of a chance to compete in the striking range here i think that with the way ige got dropped by head strikes versus Barbosa, with the way he got hurt to the body a few times in that fight i just think it's overwhelmingly likely that calvin cater gets a knockout throughout this fight it could come in the early rounds i think it's more likely to come in rounds three four and five just because ige is so tough i mean he got dropped in round one Versus Barboza, he recovered. He got hurt in round two. He recovered. And he's been hurt multiple times before, but just always comes back late in fights. He he typically loses round two and then comes back and wins round three. I mean, the guy is an incredible fighter, great will, super tough, but I just think he's gonna be outgunned here pretty heavily but on the feet by Calvin Cater. I think that Cater's body punches give him trouble, his jab gives him trouble, and he's probably gonna find a home for that straight right hand. Uh, or maybe even an, an elbow strike like he knocked out Jeremy Stevens with. So, Calvin Cater is going to be the pick in this one. I already got three units on him at minus 138. Might even sprinkle some more on him by 3 four, five knockout. But I really could see the knockout coming in any time throughout this fight in any round because Ige's boxing defense is just such a liability cater is one of the biggest hitters in the entire division i mean his knockout over jeremy stevens last month was one of the craziest knockouts i've ever seen one of the hardest strikes i've ever seen connect in the ufc so cater's power will likely be the end of igay in this fight so the pick for me is going to be cater by three four five knockout very, very small chance it goes to a decision, but with how tough and durable Ike is, it wouldn't totally shock me. So the pick in this one, once again, is cater by knockout. It's a really great fight. I'm excited that they made this fight five rounds. It definitely deserves to be five rounds, and it should be a great fight. So that's going to do it for this Wednesday night fight card. We have another podcast coming to you probably Thursday night will be that when I release the next podcast for the UFC card going down this weekend, this Saturday. But uh, that is going to do it for all 11 fights on this Wednesday night card. Just to recap the bets one more time. Quarter unit on Aaron Phillips, plus 500. Half unit on Mish, plus 190. Uh, Mish, no scorecards, plus 179. One unit, Leroy Murphy, plus 140. Small bet on Phillips, round one knockout, plus 1400. Benoit, round two, round three knockout, and Ige money Moneyline. And... I'll probably add a few more bets. I will summarize all my bets on my Bet MMA Tips page, which you can find me, Martian MMA. Uh, In the year 2020, I am up over 40 units on track bets. So I'm doing really well this year. And uh, you can see all my track official plays over on BetMMA.tips. And that's where I'll post all my final bets to see. So thank you all for listening. I will catch you all in a few days for the next UFC card. Hope you all enjoy this Wednesday night fight card. And I will see you in a few days. Peace.